Question 63 of Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues, The Virtue of Justice. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Secunda Secundae, Treatise on the Cardinal Virtues, The Virtue of Justice by St. Thomas Aquinas, translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 63 of Respect of Persons in Four Articles We must now consider the vices opposed to the aforesaid parts of justice. First, we shall consider respect of persons which is opposed to distributive justice. Secondly, we shall consider the vices opposed to commutative justice. Under the first head there are four points of inquiry. First, whether respect of persons is a sin. Second, whether it takes place in the dispensation of spiritualities. Third, whether it takes place in showing honor. Fourth, whether it takes place in judicial sentences. First article, whether respect of persons is a sin. Objection 1. It would seem that respect of persons is not a sin. For the word person includes a reference to personal dignity. Confer pars prima, question 29, article 3, second reply. Now it belongs to distributive justice to consider personal dignity. Therefore, Respect of persons is not a sin. Objection to further. In human affairs, persons are of more importance than things, since things are for the benefit of persons and not conversely. But respect of things is not a sin, much less, therefore, is respect of persons. Objection 3. Further. No injustice or sin can be in God. Yet God seems to respect persons, since of two men circumstanced alike, he sometimes upraises one by grace and leaves the other in sin, according to Matthew 24.40. Two shall be in a bed, one shall be taken, and one shall be left. Therefore, respect of persons is not a sin. On the contrary, nothing but sin is forbidden in the divine law. Now respect of persons is forbidden in Deuteronomy 1.17. Neither shall you respect any man's person. Therefore, respect of persons is a sin. I answer that respect of persons is opposed to distributive justice. For the equality of distributive justice consists in allotting various things to various persons in proportion to their personal dignity. Accordingly, if one considers that personal property, by reason of which the thing allotted to a particular person is due to him, this is respect not of the person but of the cause. Hence a gloss on Ephesians 6.9 there is no respect of persons with God, 
says that a just judge regards causes, not persons. For instance, if you promote a man to a professorship on account of his having sufficient knowledge, you consider the due cause, not the person. But if, in conferring something on someone, you consider in him not the fact that what you give him is proportionate or due to him, but the fact that he is this particular man, for example, Peter or Martin, then there is respect of the person, since you give him something not for some cause that renders him worthy of it, but simply because he is this person. And any circumstance that does not amount to a reason why this man be worthy of this gift is to be referred to his person. For instance, if a man promote someone to prelacy or professorship because he is rich or because he is a relative of his, it is respect of persons. It may happen, however, that a circumstance of person makes a man worthy as regards one thing, but not as regards another. Thus, consanguinity makes a man worthy to be appointed heir to an estate, but not to be chosen for a position of ecclesiastical authority. Wherefore, consideration of the same circumstance of person will amount to respect of persons in one matter and not in another. It follows, accordingly, that respect of persons is opposed to distributive justice in that it fails to observe due proportion. Now nothing but sin is opposed to virtue, and therefore respect of persons is a sin. Reply to Objection 1. In distributive justice, we consider those circumstances of a person which result in dignity or right, whereas in respect of persons, we consider circumstances that do not so result. Reply to Objection 2. Persons are rendered proportionate to and worthy of things which are distributed among them by reason of certain things pertaining to circumstances of person, wherefore such conditions ought to be considered as the proper cause. But when we consider the persons themselves, that which is not a cause is considered as though it were, and so it is clear that although persons are more worthy, absolutely speaking, yet they are not more worthy in this regard. Reply to Objection 3. There is a twofold giving. One belongs to justice and occurs when we give a man his due. In such like givings, respect of persons takes place. The other giving belongs to liberality, when one gives gratis that which is not a man's due. Such is the bestowal of the gifts of grace, whereby sinners are chosen by God. In such a giving, there is no place for respect of persons, because anyone may, without injustice, give of his own as much as he will, and to whom he will, according to Matthew 20, verses 14 and 15. Is it not lawful for me to do what I will? Take what is thine, and go thy way. Second article. Whether respect of persons takes place in the dispensation of spiritual goods. Objection 1. 
it would seem that respect of persons does not take place in the dispension of spiritual goods. For it would seem to savor of respect of persons if a man confers ecclesiastical dignity or benefice on account of consanguinity, since consanguinity is not a cause whereby a man is rendered worthy of an ecclesiastical benefice. Yet this is apparently not a sin, for ecclesiastical prelates are wont to do so. Therefore, the sin of respect of persons does not take place in the conferring of spiritual goods. Objection to, further, to give preference to a rich man rather than to a poor man seems to pertain to respect of persons, according to James 2, verses 2 and 3. Nevertheless, dispensations to marry within forbidden degrees are more readily granted to the rich and powerful than to others. Therefore, the sin of respect of persons seems not to take place in the dispensation of spiritual goods. Objection 3. Further, according to jurists, it suffices to choose a good man, and it is not requisite that one choose the better man. But it would seem to savor of respect of persons to choose one who is less good for a higher position. Therefore, respect of persons is not a sin in spiritual matters. Objection 4. Further, according to the law of the church, in the chapter Cum Delectus, the person to be chosen should be a member of the flock. Now this would seem to imply respect of persons, since sometimes more competent persons would be found elsewhere. Therefore, respect of persons is not a sin in spiritual matters. On the contrary, it is written, in James 2, verse 1, Have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ with respect of persons. On these words, a gloss of Augustine says, Who is there that would tolerate the promotion of a rich man to a position of honor in the church, to the exclusion of a poor man more learned and holier? Augustine, letter 167 to Jerome. I answer that, as stated above in Article 1, respect of persons is a sin insofar as it is contrary to justice. Now the graver the matter in which justice is transgressed, the more grievous the sin, so that, spiritual things being of greater import than temporal, respect of persons is a more grievous sin in dispensing spiritualities than in dispensing temporalities. And since it is respect of persons when something is allotted to a person out of proportion to his deserts, it must be observed that a person's worthiness may be considered in two ways. First, simply and absolutely. And in this way the man who abounds the more in the spiritual gifts of grace is the more worthy. Secondly, in relation to the common good, for it happens at times that the less holy and less learned man may conduce more to the common good, on account of worldly authority or activity or something of the kind. And since the dispensation of spiritualities is directed chiefly to the common good 
according to 1 Corinthians 12.7, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man unto profit, it follows that, in the dispensation of spiritualities, the simply less good are sometimes preferred to the better, without respect of persons, just as God sometimes bestows gratuitous graces on the less worthy. Reply to Objection 1. We must make a distinction with regard to a prelate's kinsfolk, for sometimes they are less worthy, both absolutely speaking and in relation to the common good. And then, if they are preferred to the more worthy, there is a sin of respect of persons in the dispensation of spiritual goods, whereof the ecclesiastical superior is not the owner, with power to give them away as he will, but the dispenser, according to 1 Corinthians 4.1. Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ, and the dispensers of the mysteries of God. Sometimes, however, the prelate's kinsfolk are as worthy as others, and then, without respect of persons, he can lawfully give preference to his kindred, since there is at least this advantage, that he can trust the more in their being of one mind with him in conducting the business of the church. Yet he would have to forgo so doing for fear of scandal, if anyone might take an example from him and give the goods of the church to their kindred without regard to their deserts. Reply to Objection 2. Dispensations for contracting marriage came into use for the purpose of strengthening treaties of peace, and this is more necessary for the common good in relation to persons of standing, so that there is no respect of persons in granting dispensations more readily to such persons. Reply to Objection 3. In order that an election be not rebutted in a court of law, it suffices to elect a good man, nor is it necessary to elect the better man, because otherwise every election might have a flaw. But as regards the conscience of an elector, it is necessary to elect one who is better, either absolutely speaking, or in relation to the common good. For if it is possible to have one who is more competent for a post, and yet another be preferred, it is necessary to have some cause for this. If this cause have something to do with the matter in point, he who is elected will, in this respect, be more competent. And if that which is taken for cause have nothing to do with the matter, it will clearly be respect of persons. Reply to Objection 4. The man who is taken from among the members of a particular church is generally speaking more useful as regards the common good, since he loves more the church wherein he was brought up. For this reason it was commanded, in Deuteronomy 17.15, Thou mayest not make a man of another nation, king, who is not thy brother. Third Article Whether Respect of Persons Takes Place in Showing Honor and Respect Objection 1. It would seem that respect of persons does not take place in showing honor and respect. For honor is apparently nothing else than reverence shown to a person in recognition of his virtue 
as the philosopher states in Ethics 1.5. Now prelates and princes should be honored, although they be wicked, even as our parents, of whom it is written in Exodus 20, verse 12, Honor thy father and thy mother. Again, masters, though they be wicked, should be honored by their servants, according to 1 Timothy 6.1. Whoever are servants under the yoke, let them count their masters worthy of all honor. Therefore, it seems that it is not a sin to respect persons in showing honor. Objection to, further, it is commanded in Leviticus 19.32, Rise up before the hoary head, and honor the person of the aged man. But this seems to savor of respect of persons, since sometimes old men are not virtuous, according to Daniel 13.5, Iniquity came out from the ancients of the people. Therefore, it is not a sin to respect persons in showing honor. Objection 3. Further, on the words of James 2.1, Have not the faith with respect of persons? A gloss of Augustine, in his letter 167 to Jerome, says, If the saying of James, If there shall come into your assembly a man having a golden ring, etc., refer to our daily meetings, who sins not here, if however he sin at all, yet it is respect of persons to honor the rich for their riches, for Gregory says in a homily, his homily 28 on the gospel, Our pride is blunted, since in men we honor not the nature wherein they are made to God's image, but wealth, so that, wealth not being a due cause of honor, this will savor of respect of persons. Therefore, it is not a sin to respect persons in showing honor. On the contrary, a gloss on James 2.1 says, Whoever honors the rich for their riches sins, and in like manner if a man be honored for other causes that do not render him worthy of honor. Now this savors of respect of persons. Therefore, it is a sin to respect persons in showing honor. I answer that, to honor a person is to recognize him as having virtue, wherefore virtue alone is the due cause of a person being honored. Now it is to be observed that a person may be honored not only for his own virtue, but also for another's. Thus princes and prelates, although they be wicked, are honored as standing in God's place, and as representing the community over which they are placed, according to Proverbs 26.8 as he that casteth a stone into the heap of mercury, so is he that giveth honor to a fool. For, since the Gentiles ascribed the keeping of accounts to mercury, the heap of mercury signifies the casting up of an account, when a merchant sometimes substitutes a pebble, lapulus or calculus, whence the English word calculate, for one hundred marks. So too is a fool honored if he stand in God's place or represent the whole community. And in the same way, parents and masters should be honored on account of their having a share of the dignity of God 
who is the Father and Lord of all. The aged should be honored, because old age is a sign of virtue, though this sign fail at times. Wherefore, according to Wisdom 4, verses 8 and 9, Venerable old age is not that of long time, nor counted by the number of years, but the understanding of a man is gray hairs, and a spotless life is old age. The rich ought to be honored by reason of their occupying a higher position in the community, but if they be honored merely for their wealth, it will be the sin of respective persons. Hence the replies to the objections are clear. Fourth article. Whether the sin of respective persons takes place in judicial sentences. Objection 1. It would seem that the sin of respective persons does not take place in judicial sentences. For respective persons is opposed to distributive justice, as stated above in Article 1, whereas judicial sentences seem to pertain chiefly to commutative justice. Therefore, respect of persons does not take place in judicial sentences. Objection to, further, penalties are inflicted according to a sentence. Now, it is not a sin to respect persons in pronouncing penalties, since a heavier punishment is inflicted on one who injures the person of a prince than on one who injures the person of others. Therefore, respect of persons does not take place in judicial sentences. Objection 3. Further, it is written in Ecclesiasticus 4.10, In judging be merciful to the fatherless. But this seems to imply respect of the person of the needy. Therefore, in judicial sentences, respect of persons is not a sin. On the contrary, it is written in Proverbs 18.5, It is not good to accept the person in judgment. I answer that, as stated above in question 60, article 1, judgment is an act of justice, inasmuch as the judge restores to the equality of justice those things which may cause an opposite inequality. Now respect of persons involves a certain inequality, insofar as something is allotted to a person out of that proportion to him in which the equality of justice consists. Wherefore, it is evident that judgment is rendered corrupt by respect of persons. Reply to Objection 1, a judgment may be looked at in two ways. First, in view of the thing judged, and in this way judgment is common to commutative and distributive justice because it may be decided by judgment how some common good is to be distributed among many, and how one person is to restore to another what he has taken from him. Secondly, it may be considered in view of the form of judgment, inasmuch as, even in the commutative justice, the judge takes from the one and gives to another, and this belongs to distributive justice. In this way, respective persons may take place in any judgment. Reply to Objection 2. When a person is more severely punished on account of a crime committed against a greater person, there is no respect of persons, 
because the very difference of persons causes, in that case, a diversity of things, as stated above, in question 58, article 10, third reply, and in question 61, article 2, third reply. Reply to objection 3. In pronouncing judgment, one ought to succor the needy as far as possible, yet without prejudice to justice. Else the saying of Exodus 23.3 would apply, Neither shalt thou favor a poor man in judgment. End of question 63. Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C.